Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Kitty Dunn along with Jonathan Sutton, and this is Weekend Perspective. And today we're talking to a musician, illustrator, author, lots of different titles for Brett Newski. Thanks for joining us. Hey, friends. Good to uh, see you again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I first thing I want to do is question whether you wrote your own Wikipedia page, because I've never seen one where a person is described quite this way. Is a North American nomad, songwriter, podcaster, illustrator, and alternative guitarist from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Did you write that yourself? Well, I de- definitely had some input. My buddy Maxwell wrote it, I believe, like, 10 years ago, and then uh, there were some edits over the years because uh, the page has been vandalized a few times. Actually, someone in Madison, uh, it was pretty good. One year I went in there and it said, Newski's first album sold a total of eight copies <laughs> to, to his mother. Only Wait, them. was I not accurate so, on that? <laughs> it, wasn't that right? <laughs> Solid goal. Well, you're right. Um, I did uncover some old recordings uh, of like from my parents' basement not too long ago, stuff I made when I was like 14 or 15. And uh, I think those did sell approximately zero copies. Well, you know, it was only up from there, right? You got to start in the, in the sewers and kind of climb your way out and kind of, you know, unseal that uh, heavy metal cap off the, uh, off the street to get to the sunlight, you know? <laughs> All right, let's find a little bit more about you and your uh, your nomad and musical ways, and then we're going to talk about the book that you have. Uh, so you've traveled all over the world uh, by yourself, singing and playing in weird places? Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... I did that for a long time and I would do really extensive tours of what some would call probably very inefficient tours, you know, where I would just be like in Europe for like two or three months and have way too many off days. Um, but it was cool to like experience the flow of the cities. And like if one time I had two weeks off, so I just kind of rented a room in Berlin for two weeks and wrote and, um, yeah, it was all very exciting and it was inc- incredible, like free feeling, but, uh, at the same time, I kind of my equilibrium was so out of whack, and I, you know, mentally kind of lost the plot a bit, um, and it just became necessary to just have 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 a base camp and have some, uh, you know, have a have a barometer for what stability means. And um, but at the same time, I think going and doing all that stuff, you know, 
I learned how to how to logistically tour. I learned how to play tough gigs. I learned how to keep a crowd. And I um I think I learned what my like lowest moments mentally could be, which I think it was you know as miserable as it was it was probably ultimately very useful, um, especially in like making this book, which was just kind of like you know taking a humorous angle at uh, mental health and um, you know doing a bunch of illustrations of kind of hacks and strategies I've used over the years to kind of you know help feel better in my brain. We're talking to Brett Newski, who has a new book called "It's Hard to Be a Person." But we'll go back to being in Europe. Uh, and, you know, just traveling all over the world. It says here on your Wikipedia page that you spent three weeks in a Turkish prison. Now, <laughs> I just added that to your Wikipedia page, but what was that experience like? I imagine it must have been quite trying. See, this is the stuff I need. Like, uh, you you know, if you make the fake news for me and create the PR buzz, I don't know if I feel guilty about it. <laughs> um, well, Jonathan, you've always needed a hobby, so exactly. there you go. All right, so should we talk a little bit about the book? We could do that. Yeah, sure. I kind of am interested, though, in his adventures uh, through Europe and some of the gigs that he played, right, A tool shed in Germany, a happy ending massage parlor in Vietnam, rubber factory in Norway. Would you like to tell us the story behind any of those? Yeah, well, this guy, um, Jan, good guy, German man with a large beard, he had seen me play, I was like, touring with this guy, I think Rocky Vadalato over there. And he, you know, he became a fan of our band. And uh, we had an off day one day between like Stuttgart and Berlin. And he's like, oh, hello, Brett, this is me, Jan. And I have a tool shed and I built it into a music venue. And uh, so he invited us to come play in his tool shed. And we get there and he's just got this cool property on like these rolling hills. And these old, like, German kind of, there's, like, an old German cathedral, like, still on his property that's half falling apart. But he had a sound system, and he, like, decked out his tool shed into a music venue. And um, we just played a rager of a show there. You know, there's probably 100 people just jammed in his in his tool shed. And, um, yeah, it was incredible. So we ended up doing that the following year also. But, yeah, I mean, I like... Wait, how big was this I, tool I shed? Up. I mean, when I think of like a, a tool shed, it's like barely you could get the lawnmower in and you have a few things in there. They had 100 people in there. Right. This is like a German lumberjack tool shed. In America, <laughs> we get like the the Fisher Price ones you get, you know, you get at Home Depot. Yeah. But this is like a, a real savage tool shed. It was pretty cool. Were there tools on the wall, I mean, and everything? Like, or did he clear that all yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. No, still functioning tool shed, you know. I think he does like three shows a year in his tool shed, and they make them like big blowout parties, you know. I mean, it's it sounds like it could be a bar, doesn't it? Like uh, well, where they man, play punk music. Man, hey, man, drink. you playing at the tool shed? <laughs> yeah. Well, he had a bar, don't get me wrong. There was a bar right off to the side, and they, they had uh, big German beer steins, and they were, uh, yeah, they were drinking big gulps in uh, Bavaria, that's for sure. We're talking with Brett Newski, a Milwaukee musician and nomad and author of It's Hard to Be a Person, Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun. Wait, now, you're not going to talk about the, the massage parlor? No, we're going to gloss right curious, over that. Because I'm curious, I feel like most of the patrons would not want you performing there. They're trying to enjoy a massage, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you that story real quick. Um, so 
this is when I was living in Vietnam and um, this promoter, I was living in Saigon in the South and this promoter was doing like an acoustic punk festival up in Hanoi. So he flew me up there and um, the day before I had a day off and I was just kind of like sitting in the streets playing the acoustic guitar on the sidewalk and um, some local people started to gather around and they're, you know, they didn't speak English and they, I don't think they had seen this kind of music before you know, kind of hard, aggressive, fast, kind of acoustic punk. And, you know, every time I looked up from the guitar, there was like a few more people standing around me and they were like, oh, oh. so then they invited me into their, like, this one guy's like, hey, you come inside, play, uh, you play inside. And he pulled me inside to his um, business, uh, you know, and there's probably like 20 people standing around there and I'm just playing unplugged improv makeshift venue style. And I get through the second or third song and I, I look up and I start observing the scene and there's just like all these ladies with like very few clothes on and like these really skimpy shirts and dresses. And then the, there's like almost an equal amount of dudes with their shirts opened and their chest shaved and like their, 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 um, their nipples hanging out. And uh, <laughs> I, re- I quickly realized it was a happy ending massage parlor. So I sold that place out and uh, didn't get paid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to the book. <laughs> the book is called "It's Hard to Be a Person: Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun." Now, this the illustrations and the little pieces of advice. These started out as social media posts or stickers, or or how did this get started? Yeah, it was just me goofing off, making drawings, kind of making fun of my own anxieties and stuff. And then I, uh, I put a couple up online, and the response was like quite good. So people are like, "Yeah, make more of them." And uh, I just kind of kept going. And then by the end of three years, I had enough for a book. And then it took me a whole another year to kind of like organize my brain and the, the pages and like get it all together. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so. It, I think everybody can relate to all of these things, Kitty. As we're looking through these illustrations, don't you feel that way? Like they're so relatable. Like, well, what to do when your smartphone drives you insane? Do you remember yeah, yeah, your, your I mean, recommendation? I, I don't know. We'll throw the phone in the river, or uh, <laughs> I can't remember. There was one that that um, is. Uh, is uh, how to achieve privacy, and then I think it's like move in the woods, never speak to anyone again, or uh, or smash phone with hammer, or uh, live in secret asylum uh, like the guy from WikiLeaks in a foreign embassy. <laughs> so, Very good suggestions, I must say. Another yeah. one, ways I, to relieve stress. Option one, win a sauna from a daytime TV infomercial. <laughs> or option two, just go to the YMCA and sit in the sauna. Also yeah, or works just well. buy a Fisher Price basketball hoop, lower the rim, and just dunk on it relentlessly until the backboard shatters. <laughs> That's got to give you <laughs> a, a boost will, in self-esteem. I will say, like, I think when we talk about it without the visual, the visuals, it just sounds completely psychotic. I know, <laughs> which is exactly why I thought it would be a great radio interview. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I I will say there is a ton of humor. It's a lot of it's a lot of goofy stuff. But I do feel like you know I I did want to put a good amount of like utilitarian, useful stuff in there too. Um, 
but yeah, I'm pumped about it. It's been a real struggle to finish it, so it feels incredible to kind of be wrapping it up here. The uh, the art or the illustrations kind of remind me a little bit. If you've ever seen the comedian Dimitri Martin, he does stand up, uh-huh. and then he'll draw kind of pictures like these. They're you know a little more simplistic, better than I could ever draw, but they're they're so great. You have one here, products that sh- should exist but don't. And it's a can- canned self-awareness, <laughs> which I feel like people definitely need. Another one, how to save the polar bears, feed them climate change deniers. I think that is my favorite one in the entire book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Kitty. So would yeah, you... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Would you write these... You. What They would just pop in your head like how a songwriter will just be thinking of lyrics and then just write them down. Did these just kind of would pop up randomly or you'd kind of have time that you'd sit down and devote to writing this? Yeah. Most of the time I would try to sit down and like devote time to, to writing out ideas and making drawings. And I mean, I will say like this, it was like as, as proud as I am of the book and the drawings, it's like the least enjoyment I've ever got out of creating art because I wasn't making it for myself. I was making it for other people, which I think just made it way harder to finish. Um, Whereas like an album, you know, you're just, it's more in the moment and you're just like, you're making music for you. Um, But the book, I was like, I I appreciate people like the records and that's so cool that they buy them and come to the shows. But ultimately I wanted to make a thing that would like be more useful in like a, in like a, 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 um, a more solid subjective or sorry, objective sense than like a, than an abstract music album. If that makes any sense. Kind of. I mean, I, I, I think, no, I think I get but it. But I think you're underselling what, what music can do for people a little bit there. Because right, I mean, right, music okay. can help you defeat anxiety, survive the world and have more fun as well. Yeah. Why I, are you hating think... on music musician? <laughs> Yeah, music is done. There's no future in it. Uh, we're all um, the the other thing though that's nice about this book too, I think, is that there's a lot of things that people think that they think they're only experiencing, and then when you see someone else just draw it out and explain it, that they're having the same anxiety, it just makes you feel a lot better that you're not the only crazy person. Yeah, I mean the the whole mental health talk is is you know finally coming to the forefront, and it's. Um, yeah, it's good that it's not, that it's okay to talk about it now because I think, like, especially in the Midwest, you know, there it's it can be a bit of a, like a, a walled up place emotionally, like hard nose and you know, be tough, don't be soft, and that that stuff's all good and and well, but um, yeah, you gotta vent at some point, and uh, you know, if you don't talk about this stuff, your uh, your brain just becomes kind of like a hall of mirrors in one of those like twisted Willy Wonka movies and you got no perspective and uh, all your all your thoughts are kind of spiraling and bouncing off each other and you got to you got to talk to people to uh, to get kind of your equilibrium back. All right, so the book uh, is going to be available when? So it's up for pre-order on my website uh, brettnewski.com. It will eventually be up on like all the the Overlord websites like mm-hmm. Bezos dot com, Amazon. <laughs> right. Um, but I think they take like forty nine percent. So we're selling it through the website for now, and uh, the official release date is June twenty second. Um, 
but uh, you'll, if you pre-order it, you get it uh, ahead of time. And it comes with some like corresponding music as well? Or no? Yeah, so there's a, there's a soundtrack to it. Um, actually, uh, as I said earlier, I found a bunch of old like lyrics and a bunch of notebooks and chicken scratch in my parents' basement from when I was in high school. And uh, I kind of took some of those ideas and those coming-of-age songs and kind of reworked them and rewrote them and, like, made them into a soundtrack for the book. So it's eight new songs. And uh, I actually got one of my all-time musical heroes, Stephen Page, from Bare Naked Ladies to sing on the uh, opening track. So that was a career peak for me. How did you fool him? <laughs> mm. Well, I... Uh, I played a show with them at uh, Shank Hall in Milwaukee, and we kind of kept in touch. And um, I had him on my podcast a couple months later, Dirt from the Road. And then Spatola and I, we were, like, finishing this song in the studio called I Should Have Listened to Ferris Bueller. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if Steve Page would sing harmony on this. Just kind of pie in the sky. Like, what the hell? So I emailed him. I'm like, hey, Steve, new ski here. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a big ask or not, but do you uh, you want to sing harmony on this song? It's got a little bit of like a BNL kind of influence. So he emails me back and within like 10 minutes, and he's like, yeah, man, send it over. And so he's in Toronto. I'm in Milwaukee. He records vocals and a bunch of harmonies, and he turns it around in like 48 hours, and we put his tracks in our song and print it, and bam. He's on the song. It does sound like a Bare Naked Ladies that would be on one of their albums. It does have a feel of a Bare Naked Ladies song. Brett Newski, the book is called It's Hard to Be a Person, Defeating Anxiety, Surviving the World, and Having More Fun. Uh, Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Hey, thanks, Jonathan and Kitty. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, it's it's good to talk to you again. I'm proud to be from Wisconsin, and uh, I miss, miss living in Madison. I'm adding that to your Wikipedia page right now. Um, also, <laughs> one one other just closing quote that you have in here, which I think is great, and we could end it with this. You write, going solo is so much better than being alone. I think that is perfect. I'm solo, man. <laughs> Own it when that happens. That's great. Brett, thank you for taking some time with us. Thanks, friends. We'll talk to you very soon. And thank you for listening along with Jonathan Sutton. I'm Kitty Dunn on Weekend Perspective.